Welcome back to the Sin Bin Podcast presented by Dorm Room Sports. The NHL season is officially over, so this begins our offseason preview, recap of the draft, uh, recap of the Stanley Cup final, a little brief recap, mainly because it's kind of irrelevant now. But uh, we look ahead to Wednesday, which at noon starts the free agent frenzy. In my opinion, the best offseason day in all of sports. And a little bit of, I don't know, hockey talk. We got, we got it all for you tonight. So um, just a little rundown. If you haven't been with us before, I'm Brian. I'm with Derek and Brandon. They're both brothers. I'm a broadcaster. We fit pretty well. But make sure you go follow us on Twitter at the Sinbin Pod. Derek does a pretty good job at, uh, at keeping everything updated on there. He's going to have a hell of a time on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, trying try to balance work and the free agent frenzy is not going to be fun uh so i'll help him out a little bit but uh but yeah boys the i'm sorry derek but we have to colorado avalanche Bye. are your 2022 stanley cup champions um a a favorite would i mean it feels like it's the first favorite in a long time to win the cup um I think a lot of people saw this coming. Not a lot of people saw the matchup coming, but for those people that watch the lightning and know uh, their way around things, you kind of, you kind of knew that it could happen and we got that finals. We got a great finals and then um, the avalanche took home the cup. Yeah. Um, I, it was a great series. It was really hard fought series, but, um, I think in the end, the Colorado high powered offense, their speed, just everything, their will to win. Um, and then being slightly healthier than the lightning, I think it really helped them in the end. I mean, that Colorado is unbelievable on the four check. Um, the lightning really had, I just don't think they had a chance in game one or two. Um, Colorado just completely shut them down. Well, I take that back. Game one was a really good game. It went to OT. Um, could have gone either way, but Colorado outplayed them then. And in game two, game three was pretty even. But um, Colorado deserved to win. They definitely did. So congrats to them. Um, it's kind of tough seeing the Lightning lose, but, I mean, it's also not that tough at the same time because they won the last two years and they were a dynasty. So um, can't really complain, but it is definitely coming to an end. We'll get into it shortly, but guys are leaving. Um, goddamn Colorado's so good, though. Holy, um, Valerie, Val Natushkin, I think, was the MVP of that series. He played phenomenal. He played on a broken foot um, for the last, like, two games, I think. Um, that's just unbelievable in its own. It speaks for itself, the toughness of these players, man. They just – they wanted to win a cup. You know, it just show, goes to show the heart and soul of these guys. Just it's unbelievable. I, I, I can't imagine playing with a, the sprained ankle. Like, the, the, this guy broke his foot. It was – he was hobbling. Um, and he was still very effective and played like, I think, 20 minutes in game six against the Lightning. So um, it was an awesome series. I can't really complain from an entertainment standpoint. Um, just uh, 
they deserve to win. Let's be honest. They were the favorite through and through, you know, from round one through Stanley Cup final. So yeah, good on uh, them. And Nate, Nate McKinnon got his first. So good for him. And you talk about Nichushkin. He got himself a payday. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, before I get to you, Brandon, uh, Kale McCarr ended up winning the con Smythe. So um, add list to the uh, add that to the list of accomplishments for the young D man as he won the Norris and the Colin Smythe. Like four days after he won the Norris. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty solid for a guy that young. But he's exciting. They're an exciting team, very fast, and it's uh, it, it is a style of hockey that I think a lot of teams are going to try to go for here in the near future. So, Brandon, what did you see out of that out of that uh, Stanley Cup final? Uh, I unfortunately did not get to see a lot of it. The days were just not matching up right for me for uh, work and um, coaching and men's league and all that uh, fun stuff. So I unfortunately only got to see the last 14 minutes of the game six, the last game of the season. So that was kind of like a downer for me. Um, I wish the series a little bit more tighter. Um, I didn't really like the abs blowout. Game two, I didn't like the Tampa blowout, even though I was cheering for Tampa. Um, I wanted to see some real good, like, 04, 06, 07, like, playoff hockey where there's, like, no room to skate. You're battling for everything. Um, shots are tough. Goalies are making uh, saves, but they're still, like, in the end, there's still, like, 25, 30 shots per team. I was hoping for, like, lower scores and just absolute grind the whole, every game, kind of like how games five and six were, like, everybody's blocking shots. You're literally sacrificing everything. And I was kind of hoping for, like, the whole thing to go seven games and we have, like, you know, two one wins, three two wins, stuff like that. Um, so that was my thing on the on the on that for the whole play even though i get to watch i saw i watch highlights every morning after each game to see what i missed but overall i mean i can't really i can't be mad about tampa losing um colorado's an absolute wagon this year they were due for a cup um kind of like how the caps were coming in 2018 um i think once colorado got past that second round it was just they kind of felt like it was like they're they were destined to win. Um, it was really pulling for Tampa three P. Either way, I think um, for general fans of NHL, seeing a three P would have been absolutely fucking sick. Um, that would have been awesome, especially for the Tampa fans. But as a general hockey fan, that would have been sick. Um, but seeing college, the guys on color like McKinnon, um, Kadri, um, the guys that are how it's like uh, what's this? I'm, I don't know. I'm blanking. Landis Cog, thank you. Um, Landis Cog, Rantanen. Um, I love Camel Carr. Um, huge fan of Camel Carr. So I thought it was sick for him to win. And he absolutely deserved the North, um, the Nor- not the North, sorry, the Con Smythe. Um, so uh, also Jack Johnson, or no, uh, is it Jack or Eric? Eric Johnson, I think, is the guy that's been there for a while. Both won a cup. Yeah, but Eric Johnson's – yeah, Eric Johnson's the guy I'm thinking of. He's been there forever with Colorado, so it's awesome to see him win a cup. Um, so it's just some of these veterans that, like, it was great to see um, win a cup. Um, I know there's new guys on Tampa that hadn't won, some veterans, especially like Corey Perry, that's sad to see him lose another one. <laughs> Depressing. But, yeah. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it was it was great. Um and, you know, to me, the cup clinching game is bittersweet because it's been a great season and you hate to not have hockey anymore. But like Brian said, I fucking love the offseason. Yeah. I love the draft. I love the the free agent frenzy. I love the the signing 
phase, which we're now between the draft and the free agency, because you see all these deals coming out, you see what teams are making moves. You kind of like, everybody starts to speculate, Oh, like what, what's going to happen? What's that? What are the, why are these, what are the, the choosing not to sign this guy? Why are they choosing to sign this guy? You know, everybody gets very curious and um, impatient leading up to Wednesday, which I mean, we're here Monday night. I can't wait for Wednesday at noon. Uh, it's it's like, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm yeah. so excited. And it's, it's crazy because it all happens in like a couple of hours. And then yeah. like most of the bands, you kind of get some other guys like throughout the day and then you get some guys throughout the rest of the week, but like, it all happens in like a span of like five minutes. You're just seeing tweets like galore. Yeah, I can't wait to turn on some uh, tweet notifications and, and just have my phone blowing up for the first two hours. I'm not going to be happy with me tomorrow or Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah, you just I'm going to have to warn them in advance. You'll be all right. I'm going to have to find a way to like illegally stream NHL network because I don't have it. <laughs> like I love putting that I used to love putting that on my TV. I got my laptop going for Twitter and but now I don't have an NHL network. So I'm gonna have to find some way to stream it online. Just so I can I wonder, watch. They might have I wonder on like NHL.com if they would have like they might, yeah. Like a free stream they did. Because I got YouTube TV. They have every single other major sport network but NHL network. I got MLB network. I got the NFL network. Hmm. I got like a major mm-hmm. league soccer network. I got the golf channel, um, but I don't have NHL network. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what my favorite part of Wednesday is going to be? It's Kevin Weeks tweets. <laughs> yeah. This guy makes the, the free agent frenzy, the trade deadline, everything just incredible. Just hope that Frank Cervalli doesn't start tweeting everything the day before on Tuesday. Like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah, like you ruined oh, the expansion draft. Dude, yeah. Bob McKenzie, I don't know if you guys saw, but Bob McKenzie did the same shit. He did like, I think it was two to four minutes before every pick was made in the draft, he would tweet out the who what the player was. So everybody knew Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky was the first one for that. We'll get into that later, but I'm just saying. These insiders, I like that they're doing their job, but sometimes it's like pump the brakes. Some people got, some people are a little upset about it, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the draft as that was, was that last Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday Wednesday was day was first round. Uh, Thursday was two two, two to seven. That's right. Yep. So um, Yurov Slavkovsky goes number one to the Montreal Canadiens in a Sort of surprising move. Uh, Derek said he saw it coming. Um, but the analysts, the draft analysts, the big boards did not. Shane Wright was the longtime projected number one, and he fell all the way to number four to Seattle. Now, Derek also let me know before um, the pod that it was the first time in NHL history that two Slovaks got um, or Slovaks got drafted one and two. And so that's uh, good for the country, good for Slovakia. and uh, Huge day for Slovakia. They had three guys go in the first round. There it is. Yeah. So, so Slovakia has taken over the NHL. <laughs> but that, that, they're, they're the new uh, – they're going to create the new live golf tour. They're just going to get all drafted by the NHL, and they're just going to bring them back in their own league. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, that's all I really have on the, on the draft. I mean, I'm not a huge NHL draft guy, so I'll let you guys kind of take the reins on that. A lot of trades happened, which kind of played a big part in the draft, always does. 
So, Derek, I know you you were talking about the Kirby Doc thing and where that kind of led to a lot. Um, Alex Debrinkit also got moved. Kevin Fiala got moved. All of this for yeah, first-round yeah. picks. So um, I can let you take the reins on that, what you saw draft day. You and Brandon kind of go back and forth. I can uh, give a little input as well. But your draft day trades uh, you had in your head. Derek, before you go, I sure. just want to say that I had Shane Wright dropping a four like for the past two weeks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was like looking over the draft and um, I didn't really say anything because I don't want to jinx myself. And like, if I put it out there, like I'd look like the, the fucking idiot. So I was like thinking, I've heard of Slopkowski. I started to look him up and he's a big power, like power winger. He's huge. Power and I'm like, Montreal's got all these young centers. Why would they need him? Why would they need Shane Wright? I mean, you know, you can go center. Suzuki and Shane Wright as your futures two cent one. Yeah, but center. That's on they right. have some other good pieces at center, and I think they're. I don't. I, I don't think they were looking to go two young centers. And I'm like, I don't think they're going to take him because they need wingers. I think that was my thought, and I just had a hunch. That like I was like, I think they need wingers. New Jersey Devils, they they have their two young wingers, Heisher and Hughes. So I'm like, if they if if Montreal doesn't take him, he's going to drop. Jersey's not going to take him, and then Arizona. Yeah. I thought would take Shane Wright, but I, I thought they would take him, but I'm like, yeah, they got some centers, but like, I feel like Shane Wright would be, be good there. But um, I mean, you know, maybe they didn't feel good about him in their draft interview. I mean, I wouldn't want to get selected by Arizona if I'm going to go play in a college arena, you know, it's not even a huge college arena. Like it's going to be a really sick college arena, but it's not huge. So I wouldn't want to be drafted there. So I was like, you know what? I got to, I have a feeling that he's going to get dropped. He's going to drop all the way to four. But I know, like, if he drops the – if he gets passed up the first three, I was like, Seattle's absolutely going to take him. There's no way they wouldn't take Shane Wright. And I just had a feeling he was going to go to Seattle. I thought for sure when he kept dropping, when he dropped from, like, second, I was like, Shane Wright's got to go third. But I think Logan Cooley was stunned in his own. He – I think from day one of – like right when the draft lottery happened, I think Arizona's like Cooley's their guy. Like we know he's going to be at three. We know it because yeah, I think that's what Slavkovsky and it was right. And they're like Cooley's our guy, and their interviews probably went amazing. And they they yeah. love drafting guys from the the U.S. program, and yeah. you can't really miss on that kind of guy. So I think that was just their guy from the start. Um, yeah, Arizona did it. Arizona did phenomenal in the draft. And that's a good point. I think once they were like we're like we're we're not going to have Shane Wright, but we want a center, and they're like. Logan Cooley's our guy, and they just set on him. He's disgusting. He's nasty. Which is great, but I think I think it's better for the league because Shane Wright going to Seattle, the newest team in the league. Oh my god, they're gonna Seattle. be so good. That's get, awesome for Seattle. Get, him and Matty Beneers are their future one-two center. It's just unbelievable. They're gonna be so good. Yeah. Like so I just, before we get into the trades, I just want to say I was like, I just had a feeling Shane Wright was gonna go to Seattle. All right. Well, Brennan didn't tell anybody else till now, so I like it. I oh. didn't know you had him going to Seattle. That's that. Yeah. That's uh, good on you for making that guess. Oh. That was a pretty big deal. As Brian alluded to, he was um, forever was one. But I think what got Slavkovsky to one was his people go, oh, he only had 10 points. You know, he had like five goals, five assists in 31 games in Finland. But he's mm-hmm. playing against men. He's like 17 for half a season, just turned 18 on March 30th. Yeah. So, like, dude, this kid during the Olympics was an absolute stud. 
He was wearing, first of all, he's wearing a cage because he was 17. He couldn't wear a visor yet. That's insane in its own. And he put up points. He scored these two nasty goals against the U.S. He's 6'4", 229. How are you not going to take this guy first overall? I think his international play skyrocketed him to number one. He was like top three, like maybe go three, maybe four. I think he was top 10 beginning of the year, maybe. And then he really made a name for himself at international play. He was really good at the uh, the world championship as well. Um, he had like nine points, I think. And he was, um, I mean, he just led that Slovakian team. The Slovaks got bronze at the Olympics. And yeah. he was a major, major contributor there. I mean, he was unbelievable. I remember watching this. I was like, this kid's unreal. He's going to get drafted top three at least. Because every like the hands, his speed for how big he is, it's um, he's he's gonna be a really good uh, NHL player one day. If we're if I'm wrong, whatever. But this guy looks like he's gonna be a fucking stud. Yeah, the first and round overall Montreal, was solid. And I think Montreal, like they they always take those smaller guys, Caulfield, Suzuki, not big guys. They need a bigger guy in their lineup. That's what I was saying. And, that's uh, why uh, that's why I was thinking they were gonna take him because they need they need size. And I think when a guy in an interview says, if they don't draft me, I'm going to fill their net. I think you kind of got to take him. So um, he's pretty confident for an ability and, and you can see why um, him going first and then his teammate going second overall, Simon Namich, uh, also, he, he also played in the Olympics. I believe he was 17 at the time. He's obviously an 18 year old now, but his international play really helped and. Um, I'm not big in the analytics, but people are saying he's one of the best looking uh, defensive prospects since like Darlene. And I guess like analytics wise that the NHL has ever seen. Like apparently this guy's just going to be a solid defenseman in the NHL one day. Who? And it's a big reason why he went to uh, oh. Simon yeah. Namich. Uh, he went to Jersey second overall. Yeah. So back to back picks with Slovaks. Uh, I think that's awesome. Um, and I think it's huge for the game. I mean, Winter Slovak, like, I think they had like a total of eight players drafted in the draft or like less than that, and three went in the first round. That's like amazing. Yeah. So they just had a good up and coming. He's like, a, I mean, he, I think he's like a two way defender. He's not that big. He's only six foot, but I think he's very sound defensively as well. Um, his hockey IQ is off the charts, apparently. Like Brandon said, there's no way they're going center with Heesher, Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer, even. And that system, yeah, there's no way they can just throw one of these top-end centers in. So that's a, amazing. I think that's a great pick by Jersey. They got the top defenseman in the draft. And you kind of got to build your team around defensemen or centers, in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to – I didn't think they were going to go name-ish. I thought they were going to – I thought they could use a wing. So I, I was – I thought they were going to get Cutter Gauthier. Gauthier. Yeah. Cutter Gauthier. How about that first name, though? Cutter. Cutter, <laughs> dude, the names, the names this year have been like they're unbelievable. I swear, there's a kid that got drafted and his last name is Dick. Like that's unbelievable. Dude, speaking of names, uh, favorite name on this guy, uh, he has a late first round to Arizona Maverick, Maverick Lamaru. Oh, oh, his parents were tonguing each other. Yeah, he's like, his parents were his parents were making out. He got drafted. He got drafted. His mom goes straight for tongue on dad, and I was like, whoa, that wasn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Get after it. After hours in Montreal is pretty. Do you hear? Awesome. You hear Weeksy on the uh, on the panel. He's six foot seven too. This yeah, Maverick kid. Six foot seven. He's six seven huge. one. He's massive. Another great pick by uh, Arizona, and um, it's funny because his last name translates in French to uh, lover. 
and his parents would tug each other in the suite. Oh, they were just getting after it. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Um, also, fun to mention, Montreal drafted uh, Slavkovsky's best friend and fellow Slovak at 26 overall. So they will grow up together in the Montreal system and probably dominate. He is the Montreal fit, though. He's five foot nine, uh, 174. But he put up points in the Helinka Gretzky Cup, and he—I don't think he—I don't think he participated in the Olympics. That would have been insane if he did. But um, yeah, they're like best friends, so that's pretty cool. Philip Philippe Mesar Mesar. Mesar. So I'm so bad at these names, but yeah, that's another big. Uh, so they got two wings in the first round. That's awesome. But how they got that pick was, I believe, through. Um, no, what? Never mind. It wasn't okay. But let's mention since we're on the topic of the Canadians, um, they traded their first round pick. Or no, let me see here. No, okay. So they traded Alexander Romanov and their 2022 fourth round pick for the 13th overall pick in this in this draft, and then flipped that and a second round pick for Kirby Doc. So that was insane they made that trade in montreal i feel like they wanted to make a splash they added another center speaking of centers young center and they got kirby doc so that's why they clearly had this planned out before because they're like we're not taking shane right we're gonna get a center that's on the market chicago is just dumping everybody off at this point so they add kirby doc and an hour before a couple hours before the draft chicago sent alex to 40 goal score and they got back the Senators' first-round pick, second-round pick in 22. And then they also got a third-round pick in 24. That is unbelievably stupid. I think that's the kind of player you build, like, rebuild around. Unbelievable job by Ottawa. That That is unreal that they picked up Alex Dabrinkit. He is disgustingly good. Um, he's a 40-goal scorer, like I mentioned, and that's just awesome. Um, and then I'm kind of backtracking here. But, and then a few hours before that, the Rangers sent Alexander Georgiev to the Colorado Avalanche for his rights, I believe, right? Yeah, his, his rights. Yeah. And they and the his Rangers UF. got back a third, a fifth, RFA and another rights. third. Yeah, he, they got his RFA rights. And then they actually – they signed him already, right? Yeah, they signed him, uh, Georgiev to the three-year 3.4. So the champs are making moves. And they are already pretty set on going with a 1A, 1B with Francois and Georgiev next year. As well, that's Kemper pretty good, too. We'll go to the UFA market. Um, so, all in all, I don't know if you guys want to mention any, anything more than the draft. The draft was probably one of the more entertaining drafts in the last 10 years I've ever seen. Just watching it and following it as I could, as much as I could. Like, the trades that happened, the, you know, Shane Wright moving down to four. Him staring down the Montreal table was hilarious. Mm-hmm. um that kid he is, denied yeah like so i don't i don't know he just i think he's a bit of a head case but maybe he's just like listen i'm gonna you know you're gonna pay for not taking me first but he, he definitely better. stared him down dude he fits way down. better he fits way better in seattle i love the drugs behind the draft the big trade by montreal moving on from another russian first rounder years after they drafted him it's just hilarious I and, think it was more um, of it was just so entertaining, dude. It was an awesome draft. I think he's way better off in Seattle. I think if I'm a player, I'd want to go play in Seattle over Montreal. Montreal, you're in a tough market. Fans get pissed. You go to Seattle, you got a brand new fan base. 
brand new team. Everybody's happy there just because they have a team. Yep. Go play for the new guys. Um, exactly. I think he definitely turned down, but I think it's more of like wanting to be number one overall. Um, and I think like I remember like Jack Hughes when he got drafted number one overall, he was like, I, it didn't matter to me. He's like, it is pretty cool though being a number one overall pick. So I think for Shane Wright, he just wanted to, like wanting to be like the fact that you could go out and say like I was a number one overall draft pick. But yeah, you know, I think he, he'll he'll he won't care in a couple of years. Hell um, no, you're teaming up with Matty Benier. Like that's so sick. Like they're gonna be so good. But what I was gonna say about the uh, the Kemper deal and the Georgiev, Kemper's yeah. wanting six million. Friend Francois was already making two. They were been paying their goalies eight. They're now paying both their goalies. Five point four, so That's less sick. money than they would have paid Darcy Kemper, one goalie, and they have two for less than that. That's so, great work by the management team over there. That's awesome. yeah, it's great, and it's going to be great for Georgiev. He's been due. It's only it's just such fortunate that Shosturkin took off and he lost that battle because they both were yeah. pretty even when they came after Lundqvist left. They both were pretty even, and Shosturkin's just on out of this world. <laughs> He's ridiculous. So they're going to be looking for a veteran backup, probably, unless they have a goal in the system I'm unaware of. But um, let's go. I think the feel good story of the draft was, though. You're talking the about Caps New York. Pick. Yeah, I don't know who else they have in the system. You talk about talk about the cast pick. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, I think the feel good pick of the draft was Ivan. Mirish Mirshenchenko, um, the Russian player, uh, the Caps drafted 20th overall. Um, Central Scouting had him at international skaters ranked number 11. He um, unfortunately had cancer with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma in February. He missed the rest of the season. He was a highly touted prospect. A lot of people on the draft panel were saying this kid's like a top 10 talent. One even went out, um, Cheka, I, I don't know her first name for the life of me, but she's massive into analytics, like really into analytics. And she said he is the most talented player in the draft. So this guy has nothing but good things being talked about, about him. Um, I think it's a great pick for the caps. Obviously they love Russians. Ovi's there. So I think the kid's a really good pick. And then um, who was the Winnipeg pick? He's a super nice kid from the U S program. Um, he was like, congratulating Lambert. Him. No, uh, Rutger McGrordy. Uh, yeah, Mark, Mark McGrordy. He, he was like, all these players are so proud of him. Like, it's so cool how tight-knit the hockey community is. Like, this is a Russian guy, like, in the U.S. guys. Like, congratulations. I don't know. I just thought it was a really feel-good moment. In the well, they played together um, growing up. They did? There was a picture of McGrordy. Um, what's the Caps guy's name? Miro... Mirosh Nichenko. Mirosh There's no. There's no way. No, because he played youth hockey in like Moscow. So they must no, have they played, played against they, each other. They, well, they may have played against her, but there's a picture of McGrody, Mirschenko, and who else from the first round? Um, someone else from the first round. They were uh, together at a like a youth, like a U10 elite or U12 elite tournament in like Italy, and they had a picture together. There's the three of them. Anyway. It was a feel-good story. I think it's it's awesome. Um, you know, he was healthy enough to get drafted, but obviously teams passed with him because of, you know, him being diagnosed with cancer back in February. Um, I also all heard the today, yeah, all the Russia shit, exactly. And some of these Russian players might not be able to come back for the season. But um, I heard today the development um, camp, he will be there, but he won't participate on ice at all. So 
I think it's still an ongoing process, but obviously wish him the best and hope for, hope for, uh, you know, he's healthy enough to play hockey again. If it's not for the caps, just in general, you know, but uh, I just think it was a great pick. I think he will. Was, uh, I think he'll really play. nice story. Um, I'm also going to obviously going to keep it on track with the teams I follow. Um, Isaac Howard is, I'm just going to say he's confident. He was overly confident with himself. Um, if anybody saw that kid, I'm sure he's all over social media, rocking an all white suit, turtleneck, and a chain on the outside, and then a big old USA flag belt buckle, um, saying he's the best looking player in the draft. And I might as well, you know, play the part by dressing the best as well. So this kid's all confidence. You love the swagger of these new young kids. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. He was all over social media. People were just giving it to him because he's all about himself, but uh, he's an unreal talent as well. U.S. program did well in the, in the first round, which you love to see as well. So I thought I'd just mention him because uh, he was hilarious in his interviews uh, with his, the confidence this kid has. Well, I have my draft coverage complete. Um, are you are we are we ready for my breakdown? Yeah, I, I have the five best names from the draft. Ah, if there is a draft to do it, it is hockey. Also, hockey Isaac Howard. Let's let's talk about Maverick. A guy named Maverick was drafted in the first round, and Isaac Howard's nickname is Iceman. I just thought that was cool. I just thought I mentioned that's cool. That. that is cool. All right, so coming in at number five, we have the first of two baseball-related names, Cutter Gother. The one that Brandon mentioned that's, a, that's the – whatever, however the hell you're going to say his name. He's French-Canadian. That's the Flyers' first-round pick. That was, he was taking number five. Um, and then <laughs> we have Cy Young's long-lost cousin, the Canucks' fifth-round pick, Ty Young. That, that – uh, hey, look. A baseball guy. We had we had to throw it in there. All right, I was about to say that's a pretty awful name to be in the top five, but okay, let's move on. Oh, fifth round, fifth round. Oh yeah, yeah, top five of this. Yes, your 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 top five of names. Let's hear it. I swear to God, if this guy right. with the last name Dick is in your top five, hold on, Ryan. Gotta get there. All right, here we go. Third is the Rangers' first round pick, Maverick Lamoureux. Have to have Wait, to that was Maverick Arizona's right? Huh? Yeah, Arizona's. Did I read it wrong? Oh, oh, it was from the Rangers. Eventually, ended up with Arizona, I think. Okay. So. Well, yeah, the Rangers picked him on this, uh, at least on the uh, on the sheet. No, no, it was it, it was their pick, is probably what you're reading. But anyway, yeah, Arizona drafted yeah. him. Maverick, yeah. unreal. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, this one is just funny because um, the Canucks third round pick, Elias Pettersson. <laughs> yes. Yes. They already have Elias Pettersson. <laughs> another one. That's gonna get confusing as fuck at training camp. <laughs> like, holy shit, Elias Pettersson started. Hey, that's not the guy. <laughs> Wait a minute, this guy kind of sucks. What's going on here? <laughs> and then, last but not least, the Bruins six-round pick, Reed Dick. <laughs> that is my draft coverage oh my coming God. from the guy that does not follow the NHL draft. That's Reed. why I let you guys do the actual talking. And in that time, I researched no, that, names. From that was the way better than whatever the hell I just said for the last 20 minutes. That was awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could provide some comedic relief to those listening because the NHL draft, oh if, there, if it is anything, it is nothing short of names. Dude, the that names is, this year were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. my God. We can go on and on, but we'll move on. <laughs> I will I will thoroughly be uh, rooting for Elias Pettersson to do well for the Vancouver Canucks. 
Yes. No, I'm not telling 100%. you who, which Elias Pedersen, but one of them will do well. Shall we move on to the actual offseason now? Do it. I think we shall. I think we shall. All right, here we go. So, we talked about some trades already. Um, did we end up talking about Kevin Fiala trade? Let's do it. No. I don't think we did. All right, so, so Kevin Fiala, let me go to the exact trade here. Awful trade. Awful. Awesome trade for LA. I'm just All right, so the Minnesota Wild traded Kevin Fiala um, to the LA Kings. Spit it out, Brian. In exchange for Brock Faber and the number 19 pick in the draft. And who do they get at 19? They got Liam Ogren. Oh, nice pick. Yeah, yeah. Ogren, Brock Faber was their captain in Minnesota last year, I think. Brock Faber is a gem. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's a player that you want in your locker room. He's a leader. He's a great guy. I mean, when I was watching the uh, the Frozen Four for college hockey, I just heard, like, they just – every every announcer or play-by-play guy had nothing but great things to say about Brock Faber and his – just personality and leadership ability. And he's a good defenseman, too. Moves the puck fast. I don't think he's that big, though. I don't think he's a big defenseman. I'm going to look him up now. but um, He doesn't look like it. doesn't look like he's very big. Brock Faber. Um, I just think think it's a great trade for both teams. Oh, no. Minnesota picked up a first-rounder and a great prospect. Um, Yep. LA got a, a scoring winger in return that they are trying to build a team over there, a contender again. 19 years, you know. 19 years old, listed at six foot, 190 pounds from Maple Grove, Minnesota. So he's going to be just go. to the home hometown team. Sick. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. The Kings then turned around and signed Kevin Fiala to a seven year deal or seven, uh, 7.875. Uh, AAV. So very well deserved for Kevin Fiala, and uh, good for the Kings. They took their uh, took their first round exit last year, and and are trying to build off of that. So a solid first round exit, though. Yeah, I mean they yeah, made they a hell of a series. Seven. Yeah, yeah. And took this. They took the stud Oilers to seven. It seems and, like they're I mean, actually trying to do something with with the final years that Jonathan Quick has left. I think they're working on. It. I'm I'm confused. Though. I heard I heard they're, that they're keeping the they like their tandem and they're not going to get rid of Quick. They like him and Cal Peterson. Well, he only has one year left, so I think that makes sense. And I think yeah. after this season, you keep him. We'll take a pay he'll cut. Keep, he'll keep paying. He'll keep playing. He'll take a pay cut. Like he's already made a ton of money. Maybe they can sign him because they Cal Peterson's contract, his three year five million dollar contract, starts this season. So they're going to be paying their two goalies ten point eight this season. Kind of hard to think that. Um, yeah. I mean, I it's not that bad, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money for two goalies, but it's only for one season. And then John the Quick is thirty-six years old. You can sign him for like a two-year deal, maybe, maybe three million total. Maybe you get him for a million and a half, and then you still have your solid tandem. Yeah. yeah. And keep him, of... keep him a mentor, Cal Peterson, for at least two more years. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. The problem is Cal Peterson's the... twenty-seven. That's true. 
So Damn, I mean, he's 27. Uh, forgot he went to college for all four years. Yeah, well, he, he played was, it. He played in Notre Dame until he played in Notre Dame. Good Lord. Yeah, he's not young anymore. He's almost. He's going to push 30 at the end of his deal. Um, these are. I'll actually. Sorry, Derek. I didn't realize you did not give any uh, insight on that. Go ahead. No, I just thought. I mean, I think it was a great pickup for both teams. Minnesota didn't have to spend money, and they got a first rounder and a D prospect. It was going to be great. And then in return, Fiala is a 30 goal scorer and put up 85 points in 82 games last year. So I think he'll fit very well in a young ish LA Kings up and coming, you know, fast player, can play with Kopitar, put up a lot of points he played with Kopitar. My God. Uh, yeah, so it's 33 goals, 52 assists, 85 points in 82 games, three assists in six playoff games. But, you know, um, he's you know, three straight seasons of 20 more goals. So um, he is definitely a goal-scoring winger that the L.A. Kings needed. They got a great one-two punch down the middle with Deneau and Kopitar. So I think that's a phenomenal pickup for them. He's uh, on the rise, too. He is. He's only 25. He's, He's only 25. 25. Coming into year, his own. Yeah, so the year he played – And they got Kempe. Final full year with Nashville in 2017-18. 80 games played, 48 – points 23 goals 25 assists then he played for nashville for part of a season 32 points in 64 games got traded in minnesota seven points in 19 games so 39 points that season very low but then he played with minnesota 54 and 64 and then 40 and 50 in the shortened season and then 85 and 82 so he's on the rise he had 33 goals last season 52 assists so and he's only 25 he's he's on the rise i can see him scoring 90 points being in the 80s for a couple of years. I see him scoring 40 goals this year with L.A. Kopitar is just going to feed him the puck, and he's just going to rip him home. So I think it's a great pickup for L.A. You didn't need the pick in the first round, and Minnesota comes out looking good. Bill, Billy Garen's just doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next trade here, the Chicago Blackhawks trade Alex DeBrinkett to the Senators. For, um for the number seven overall pick, which ended up being Kevin Korchinski. Um, the, a second round pick, which ended up being Paul Ludwinski. The 2024 third round pick. Uh, obviously, you won't know that for two years. But uh, Alex Brinkett going to play with old Brady Kachuk. Boom. Yeah, this is so shit. Like, I don't Awful really want, I don't want to bring it in Ottawa. Winners by a million Ottawa Senators. Especially if they sign him after this season. They get him signed to long-term after because he got one year left. If they sign him, they win this by a million miles. I mean, I think anyone right now is a winner over the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, they're trading away every single piece they have. They are tanking for Connor Bedard. They are terrible. They're going to I don't know what they're doing. It's like they, they tried to buy everyone last year, and they sucked yeah. so bad that now they just have to redo everything. I'm doing. I'm curious, like, what the thought process is. Like, if they had a discussion, if management had a discussion with the ownership group, and I, I just – my thought is, like, they had to have this sit down. What did they say to convince the ownership group that this was the best way to go about their situation? Because this is stupid. The GM is killing the Chicago Blackhawks. You're going to lose your fan base. 
Because you now you have to trade away Kane. Kane's not sticking around yeah. for this shit. Taze is going to want to be out of there too. Yeah. Like they already had the scandal and all that crap happen last season. You lost your great coach. Your GM's gone. You bring this other GM in. He seems like he's doing okay. And then he just starts trading away everybody. And then the fact that they're not signing Strom or Kubalik. They're letting everyone go, man. I, I will say this. I will give them one positive, though. They started the draft day with zero first-round picks, and it ended up with three first-round picks and a lot more. Fair. So I feel like it was not good. Yeah. Like, that's the only positive you can think of because they also gave up Kirby Doc and Alex Sabrinkit in the same fucking day, like two hour, three hours apart. Yeah, I would never Horrible. do that. I would never they're do not that. Not resigning ever. Strom. They're not resigning. So obviously they're like, listen, we're not going to be competitive next year. Everyone's gone. Seth Jones. They literally just signed last year to eight. How pissed seven do you years, think he is? Out. He's probably furious. He's like, oh, Chicago's going to be good. Look at this. Oh, oh my God, we suck, dude. He's going to be moved in the next year or two. He's got to be. Like that's just ridiculous. The problem he is deserve to be there. That's horrible. The problem is, is Seth Jones got greedy and decided to take an overpayment. I think he's a great defenseman. Yeah, he's overpaid. He's getting more he's, than he got way and... overpaid. He got way overpaid, and now he's making nine and a half million for what six, seven more years. No, no one's going to want that deal. No one's going to be wanting to afford that. They could find a team to do that, you know. But there's one team that I think should do that. Um, and let me go to Cat Friday real quick. But there's one team I mm-hmm. think should, should do that. Should take his contract. Because they're on the fucking rise. Islanders? No. I think the Ottawa Senators should take that contract. That'd be interesting. I don't know who else they could trade to get him, but Ottawa Senators are sitting right now with 23, almost 20, actually, sorry. Yeah, almost $24 million in cap space. Going into free agency, there's a. I mean, they got some guys to sign, but they have so much cap space. They have draft picks, and they they have guys they could. You have a stud left left handed defenseman, Thomas Shabbat. Imagine having Ooh, but Shabbat then, dude, and Joe. I don't know. I don't know though. Then you run into like the the similar situation, like the Sharks, and you're paying a guy eight million and nine, and then your other defenseman nine and a half million. Yeah, but uh, but they're both know. young. Shabbat's 25. Jones is what, 27, 26? Yes, 27. So he's 27. He's young. Actually, that would be a nasty first pair. That's what I'm saying. It would be a stud first pair. They reminds me a lot it. of that one that pair that used to be in Columbus. Oh, yeah, Jones and Rowenski. That's what that pair reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. They had him. They had him. Um, my thing is, like, in in um in um San Jose, they played, they paid. They, uh, they paid Vlasic seven times eight when he was in his 30s. They paid um, Carlson out off of free agency when he's in his 30s. You gave um, – who's the other guy? Big man, 88. Burns. He's Burns. You gave Burns a big deal when he's in his 30s. Jones and Shabbat have big deals in their 20s. So if you were somehow managed or able, and I think you have the leverage because Chicago's like, the, the fuck are we going to do? So who's going to take Jones's contract? Ottawa Senators, you need to take Jones's contract. 
you need to take his contract. And you, because he's a great defenseman. I think he's overpaid, but he's a great defenseman and you can afford him. Now you have a stud top pair. You have Kachuk. If you have Joan Shabbat, you have Kachuk, Debrinket, Batherson, Stutzla, um, Connor Brown, still pretty solid. Who's the other guy? Josh Norris. I mean, come on, you got a great team to build here. If you can get a if you can get a guy like Seth Jones. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh, you know, I just realized about the draft and um, just kind of looking through these trades, the Coyotes ended up with five first-round draft picks. Yeah. And they didn't trade any of them, which I think was great for them. Wait, what? Same. They yeah. drafted five guys in the first round? Well, they, right, had, so they, three, they, had, they had the third. They 11. had the 11th. They had, had Lamoureux. That's it. They had three, Brian. No, hold on. They had Cooley. 20. Oh, wait, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Relax. I'm looking at the draft board picture they, of the first round. They had the 32nd and 20th as well. They no. traded. They traded with uh, Edmonton because they took on Zach Cassian's uh, contract. So they got Connor Geeky. They got. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Cooley, Geeky, Darcy Kemper trade. They ended up giving to the Oilers. I see. Okay, never mind. Don't mind me. Yeah. No, this they had, is um they just had they had a lot of work to do on that. On, uh, no, because they traded they traded their second, their third, and their first, second and two twenty-five, uh, third and twenty-four, and their twenty twenty-two first round pick. Oh shit. No, they just swapped picks with Edmonton and also got Zach Cassian. Yep. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, they got uh, another contract. The were busy. Um that's kind of all there really was to bring up in terms of trades on draft day. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, Vitek Vanacek got traded to the New Jersey Devils uh, from the Capitals just for two picks. Caps also gave up a pick, but um, not not super, not anything super overwhelming there. Not no. even really much to talk about on that front. Yeah, D'Angelo as well. Oh, oh, if we're still mentioning trades during the draft, uh, on day two, we can talk about Billy Huso getting acquired by the Red Wings, his rights, and they sent a third-round pick in 22. So this year's oh, that draft. That was day one. That was day two. So day one was the seventh. It was a Thursday, and Friday was July 8th. So you guys oh, I see it now. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So – in the morning of like that actually because the draft started at 11 i think or 11 30 so like yeah, almost like less 11. than an hour before less than an hour before six minutes before the draft yeah. to be specific and then, yeah so whoso who everyone thought would have gone the contender goes to uh the red wings his rights and then they signed him immediately three years 4.75 so i think that was a pretty great pickup by the red wings there so some goalies as you can see the carousel is still going a lot of goalies going to be a lot of different destinations this offseason. You know what so. trade didn't make sense to me on day two? Now I'm th- looking at him. What? Is the San Jose Nashville trade involving Luke uh, Kunin or Cunnin, how you pronounce it. I thought he was a pretty high um, player, like he, like potential-wise, with, but he's young. So I thought he's a pretty high pro- – he's not a prospect anymore because he's been on the roster, but I thought he was like a highly touted player for Nashville and like an up-and-comer. Yeah. They didn't want to traded, sign him. Huh? They didn't want to sign him. He's an RFA. Oh. oh, okay. I didn't know he was RFA this year. That makes more sense. But I mean, they, 
Uh, he did have 13 goals last year. Your hands are tied, I guess. And all he got was a third next uh, draft, and they got John Leonard. John Leonard's like a fourth liner at best. I think it's just that they, they knew they had to sign Philip Forsberg. They had to do it by any means necessary. Yeah, and they still that makes sense. Yakov uh, Trenin. And, um, all right, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. He was the RFA. They just couldn't sign him. They probably thought he was going to get like three mil maybe. I don't know, two mil, and they got to save as much cap as they possibly can. Yeah. So I don't know. Makes sense. Maybe that's why. It's kind of a weird one, though. I, I do agree. Yeah. Um, you're going to mention day two. There's also a pretty big name that went over to uh, the Flyers. Yeah, I kind of said it. I said there was a D'Angelo trade. Um, yeah, I was going to kind of get there with his contract. But, yeah, we can go ahead and talk about Tony D'Angelo. Uh, he was traded to the Flyers along with a 2022 seventh-round pick uh, for a 2022 fourth-round pick, 2023 third, um, and a 2024 second. Hmm. So uh, the Flyers end up with Tony D'Angelo, and it's just a reason for Rangers fans to hate him even more. Yeah, I don't really understand this one. Um I mean, maybe I don't – I'm not very good at math, as we all know, but um, <laughs> he is making $5 million now, and I'm assuming Couturier and Ryan Ellis are eventually going to come off LTIR, um, and they're both making well over $6 million. I don't know how they're going to fit all these guys under the cap unless they plan on trading Van Riemsdyk and, like, two or three other players to be cap compliant. Um Maybe I'm way off here, but I, I think, think dropping Giroux helped a lot. Yeah, but they still are paying JVR seven million next year. Um, they're right now only have a hundred K pretty much in projected cap space, or maybe that's projected with Couturier. I don't know how this works. Anyway, I think it's a good pickup if they can fit those two guys I mentioned, Couturier and Ellis, in that core. Um, that's pretty damn good. I've also heard Provorov like has been a name in trade talks, which is a very stupid move in my opinion, but um, I don't know. Maybe they're rocking with this. I think D'Angelo is a good pickup, even though he had, can tend to be an asshole off the ice um, and on the ice shit. Um, but I think it's a good pickup. I think D'Angelo – Kind of safe. A lot of money, but kind of perfectly safe. with the Flyers. Oh, he's Philly Trout. Yeah, he's from South Jersey, so he's, he fit that's, – that's, that's him. It's his team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did you mention his contract? Yeah, two gonna... years, five million a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I think the reason to before we move on from the Philly, since Derek, you mentioned Provorov, I think the reason they're looking, I think they're just going to listen on offers because now they have D'Angelo, they have him, Rasmus Ristolainen, Travis Sanheim, and then Ryan Ellis, who's on LTIR. That would be a decent top four. And right now, Provorov is six, making six, seven, five for three more years. Um, and he's 25. So he's like got a lot of like probably like trade values, probably pretty high for him right now, especially since he's been a number one D taking up a lot of minutes and being that guy, he's proven to be like he can handle it. So I think that's why they're like, okay, well, we got D'Angelo. He's great. We got we like Rasmus. We like Travis Sanheim and Ryan Ellis is coming back. So I think that's what they're probably going to do is they need to obviously get some cap space freed up. So I think they're like we can get we can still have a good top four 
um, without Provorov, and we can get some a pretty good return on him. Like probably you know a young prospect and some good picks. I I, I could see them fetching for like a first round pick and like a like a young defensive prospect or center prospect or something. Yeah, probably. So I mean, I just. Uh... It'll be interesting. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe it's projecting that's how much they'll have once Couturier and Ellis return. I don't know. I could be off. I'm not going to do the math right now, though. Um, the last trade to go over here, Ryan McDonough got traded to the National Predators for Philippe Myers and Grant Mismash. Another great name. Um, <laughs> so yeah. McDonough had to kind of come off of the payroll there in Tampa and yeah. I know it's sad to see him go from uh from Tampa but uh, I think it was kind of well known that that was a that was a possibility so um how are you how are you handling this um I mean I I knew it was coming because once they were like trying to figure it out he controlled his destination his own destiny I mean, him going to the Predators makes them immediately better on the back end. I think he's still going to be an effective demon until his contract's up and then some. Um, he's the heart and soul. I'm going to miss him a lot, man. He is so damn good at being a shutdown, blocked shot kind of defenseman. He is blue-collar as it gets. I love Ryan McDonough. I have nothing but good things to say. He won his two cups. I wish he stayed till his career ended in Tampa, but – um, essentially, you have Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Chernak that are due raises next summer. So this gives them cap flexibility um, for those extensions to probably be signed this offseason and those will start next year. So they had to do this. It's a part of the business. It sucks. It's part of being a dynasty. Good players and fan favorites are going to leave. It totally sucks. And the Lightning, I think, are going to hurt a little bit. But I really think Mikhail Sergachev is ready to take that step they kind of turn him into who thought everybody thought was going to be like an offensive defenseman to a shutdown. Like he doesn't score many goals anymore. He had clutch ones this postseason, but he can play this PK minutes. He can block shots. Nobody's going to be better than Ryan McDonough at blocking shots, but God, I'm going to miss him. But I think the lightning will be all right. Their left side's pretty crowded. Sergeant has been playing the third pair for a while. He's ready for those minutes. Um, Nashville got a great one. So um I think he's really going to help that defense be better next year. They're going to really compete, but um, definitely sucks. But, you know, kind of saw it coming, so I was kind of prepared for it. Yeah, they could have used him in game one against the Avalanche this year in the first round. Who? Uh, Nashville. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> I was like, what? He was there. He, he was hurt, but he played every game. Yeah, yeah, no, used everybody uh, against Colorado. Yeah, yeah Nashville could have used uh, their 2017 roster against. Yeah, they could have used a lot. They could have used a, their starting goalie for for starters. Shit. Yeah, yeah, UC Soros. Colorado, I don't think played a starting goalie. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Oh God. Uh, Brandon, you got anything on on the McDonald trade? Um, I liked it at first, um, because it freed up cash space for Tampa. And I do think it's time for uh, Hedman, Shurgachev, one-two punch on the left side. Um, McDonough is a beauty, though. Fucking love that guy. Um, I would, I would, any GM should want him on your team. So good oh, for yeah. David Poyle to get that done. Um, so I thought it was great because I, I, they need to free up cast space or like sign Plot and some other guys. But then now uh, we're hearing stuff about Plot testing free agency. So I'm like, the McDonough's deal kind of seems like a waste if Plot's not going to get signed. 
I mean, you still need to free up cap space regardless, and you can go out and find someone to replace Pilat if he goes, but, like, shit, like, that's a guy you need to keep if you're training Hedman away. Yes. Now, Sorry, not Hedman, McDonough. I will say a lot of people are blinded by Andre Pilat's phenomenal playoff by his absolutely mediocre regular season, so – I think he doesn't. He has the upper hand now because he played unbelievable in the playoffs. But yeah. his regular team was, was pretty mediocre for his standards, honestly. But um, I'd hate to see him go as well. Also, I don't know what they're going to do with Philip Myers. A lot of people say maybe they'll buy him out. Maybe they won't. I think they're actually going to use him, and he could be a damn good defenseman on that team. He's a big. You know, he was good with Philly, I thought, but he struggled in Nashville. Could not find his footing. So hopefully, it'll be better. His skating is a is a problem, but we'll see. Always not Calfoot 2.0. Don't need another project. They should keep him. He's 25. We'll see how it goes. I mean, he's under the, he'll fit under the cap and he adds to an already big blue line. So, what is he, 6'5? He's a big boy. I don't even know. Philip Myers. I'll check right now for you. He's well, listed at 6'5, 210. That's a big boy. Anyway, yeah, I um, think he helps because now you have Hedman, Sergachev, Ruda. On the left side, and well, they got to re-sign Ruda. Who knows if they will? That's true. Then Chernak, Myers, Ogen, Foot. Yeah, they'll be all right. I think they are gonna have guys to step up. Like I said, Zergachev. But all in all, sad to see him go. But yep, you know. All right. Well, let's actually stay with the Bolts and enter into free agent signings. Uh, they signed Nick Paul to a seven-year, three point one five mil. Uh, AAV, a guy who helped them into this uh, Stanley Cup final run. And uh, good good uh, trade acquisition for them at the deadline. So um, very good job by the Bolts to lock him up for, for seven years at a pretty cheap price. Yeah, um, seven years, I was like, holy shit. But also it's like, I don't think he's going to finish his contract in Tampa, to be honest. I think he goes four or five years. Maybe he does. I don't know. He wanted to stay, and he got in him and his agent, or he told his agent, I'm staying. I want to stay, and they got it done. I love that he's back because Nick Paul does it all, as everyone says. He can PK. He can score goals. He's awesome in the playoffs. Like, the stereotypical big fucking four-checking winger that can control the puck and pitch in when he needs to, but he is an awesome player. It reminds me a lot of the Barkley Goodrow, like six year deal with the Rangers. I was like scratching my head at that one too. Like the term is crazy, like the Tanev deal in Pittsburgh before he obviously got picked up by Seattle. It's just, it's a weird deal, but like I like it because he's going to be great. And if they lose Pilat, they're going to need guys like him to step up and score and Kalorn to score. But, you know, I I like it because they locked him in long term and the the length of the deal kept the AAV lower because he probably could have made four and a half to maybe five in free agency. He would have made more. Um, so thanks, Ottawa, because this is a great player to have on your team. And I think everybody would want a guy like this on their team. He's essentially their Tom Wilson. I think he's a good comparative. Doesn't have a scoring touch, but big hits, physical, great on Portrait, great on the PK. So, um, and he's fought Tom Wilson before. So maybe you he can, he can chuck him a little bit too. So I, I love it. I love it. The the years is weird, but it's I like it. He's back with the lightning. That's all I can ask for. It is a lot of term. <laughs> it's a lot for like a. How old is he? Uh, I think he's twenty seven. 
Okay, seven years isn't terrible. I mean, puts him at thirty. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. He'll be thirty-four when the time he'll sign, over. He'll sign like one to three-year contracts after that. And... Yeah, he'll be at the end of his career by the time that's yeah. up. Um, whether it's up the Lightning or not, we'll see. Yeah, Brandon. I think it's a great deal. I think he'll finish a seven-year deal, um, especially with that cap hit, as long as he's still producing and can skate well and can be a really good third-line center. That's all you want from him, and he's a guy that can – the third-line center is a guy you want that can still put up some good points, plays really well defensively, um, and can you know keep his feet moving when face-off. So as long as he's doing that for seven years, I don't see why they would move him. Because that cap hit is pretty good for a solid for uh, third line center. So I'm gonna call you awesome. off real quick. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned faceoffs because he's versatile too. He can play wing and center. He can win draws. So yeah. forgot to throw that in. He is awesome. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Brock Besser got a uh, got an offer from Vancouver, staying there at three years, six point six five mil. Um, I think this is just a contract of I, – I think it's almost a little too expensive. I mean, he had a pretty down year this year, but he has a really good scoring ability. Um, he really does, yeah. But this is basically – I mean, it's going to be a trade – like a trade piece no matter what. I mean, Vancouver's not going to contend in the next three years. So um, this is a contract that, okay – the other front offices that are contending are going to look at every single trade deadline and say, can we afford this? No. Okay. Move on. Like, I don't know, 6.65 AV at the, uh, at the deadline for a guy who sort of struggled last year. I, I don't know how well it's going to play for, for teams. You know, what's crazy. We keep saying he had an off year. He still scored 23 goals. But I think they were assuming he'd have a better pace, like be like a thirty goal scorer in seventy one games. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, I just I feel like Brett Besser is just. I guess the the entire team just had a horrendous year last year. Oh yeah, until Bruce Boudreau came in. Also, I think his father passed last year, so that probably had a lot to do with the mental side and getting prepared for games, sort of thing. I believe. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you know, I agree with you though. Like. Um, he is a little down here. I'm expecting a massive year, like maybe not massive, but I'm expecting 30 goals and like 60 to 70 points from him next year because he is the second highest forward paid by the Vancouver Canucks besides Elias Fetterson, not the one that just got drafted. The uh, one everyone else, yeah, they need him too. I mean, they're, they're, that's yeah. the only way they're going to get value for him, yep. They need them to step up big time next year, even though Patterson has 32 goals. It's, people still expect more. Um, it's a good signing, though. I think, um, you know, those two young young guys will uh, hopefully be up um, to standards next year with Bruce at the helm for a full year. We'll okay. see. And Vancouver will be busy over the next three years. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They I will do be that as well. They're not a team that necessarily you're thinking about a wild card. Um, or I was last year. <laughs> I was way wrong. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you got a when you got a goalie like Demko and Net, it's easy to think that. But That's so good. A goalie can't oh. carry you all the way. 
Brian, you're, you're thought of better. I kind of like the deal. Um, I especially like the term because he's 25, and it's like the term like they're like, okay, give us give us three years so we can get this back because they he's only it's been linked for five years now, um, five full seasons. He's had some injuries. Um, unfortunately, he's never played. This was actually the most games he's played in a season, 71. Um, so, but his first two seasons, he had 62 games played, 55 points, 69 games played, 56 points, then 45 and 57, and then 49 and 56. So this was his down year compared to the others. I think this year could be a breakout year for him, especially now they got he's got Pedro as his coach that just loves offense for a full season. So I don't. I think that the 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 salary is probably a little bit over what people are thinking, but I think in this case they had to pay him a little extra because he was like if he could walk, and you don't want a player like Brock Besser to walk because he's got the potential. He's he's like right there from being like a guy who's scoring like in the seventies and eighties every season. So I think it's great because you can sign him for six point six for three years, and if he does really well, then you pay the man. Um, but it's only for three years. So if they would have signed him for like five or six, um, I think that would have been great. I think it, it would have been – I think it would be great if he breaks out this season coming up and just continues with it. But I think I, I think it's a fine it's a fine deal overall. I like it. Um, Brock Besser is a guy like I would love for him to be in the Caps. Brock Besser is awesome. Um, and I think that he's going to have a big year. I think Vancouver is going to – Get back and I think Vancouver is going to be the playoffs this year coming up. So bold. that's bold. I just think they have all the pieces there to do it. Now they have. Go, you just say they're going the cup. No, so it's in the playoffs. playoffs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with Brandon on that. I thought he said cup. I was like, whoa. And I don't think they're trading JT Miller. Um, they're going to keep him. Yeah, they need to keep him because um, he's good. Um, you know, if they're not making the playoffs, probably gonna be a deadline move to, you know, get some assets for them. Right. But um, they have the tools. I think they might be missing. Um, like I don't know. I think you have all the tools. You might be missing a little bit of depth on D and and for and forwards. But I mean, I think you have all. You have your. You have a great top six. You have some pretty solid D. And you have a stud in net. So. Yeah, I think Vancouver uh, has a reset, and then they make the playoffs this year. I think just there's one of those teams that had an off year. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Chris Letang gets six years, six point one mil to stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, the big question of the offseason in uh, Pittsburgh was, will they be able to keep Raquel Letang and Malkin? So far, they have signed two of the three. We will get to Raquel later. Uh, Malkin is still out there, but Chris Letang gets six years, 6.1 mil. Um, how old is Letang? 35. Six yeah. years is a hefty number. That's one, the baby. problem. You got these guys that are great players still, like him and Malkin, and their contracts are expiring when they're mid-30s, but they're still studs, but you just are scared of that drop-off. Whatever that year, whenever that year happens, when they just drop off and then they slowly decline, I think the six point one is fair. 
I think the six is because of all he's done for his years in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's a legacy 40, player. You couldn't talk him down to four years. I that's the problem. That's the problem. These guys is like AAV would have been higher. Yeah, he feels like years. You give him six years. Um, it's like when the Caps had the Yoshi, or the the TJ Oshi, not Yoshi Oshi deal. (laughs) You know, they wanted to give him. They wanted. I think the Caps originally in that deal wanted to give get you know shorter years because now like Oshi's kind of like he's slowing down slightly. Um, still produces, but he's not as quick as he used to be. Right. He still got term. He still got like four years left on this like five point seven five deal. They wanted. I think the Caps wanted to do it where his deal was up like this year or last year, but they would have had to pay him like six and a half, close to seven. So they gave him more term for short for. Um, they have more term for less cap hit per year. So that's what they're doing with Chris Letang. I mean, I think six point one is fair, but like, you're not gonna like it in four in three years when he's making my thing is and he's thirty eight. I think if he doesn't return, they had to revamp that blue line because he is he is you know the leader of that blue line. He plays the most minutes, so I th- feel like you got to revamp a little bit because you don't really have a number one defenseman without him. I mean, yeah. Dumoulin, I think, Dumoulin maybe. Dumoulin no, 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 no. He ain't no number one. No, he's, he's not. Well, he's Chris, not Chris, Chris Letang. Letang is. You got to have a guy like that on your team. So it's gonna be a penguin for life. Like there's, you couldn't see him going anywhere else. Six years is a lot, but. Like I said, it keeps the AAV down. That's the only reason why they did it, I think. Yeah. I He may not even finish this one up, but he's in a phenomenal shape. So, like, why not? That's true. He could you know, finish it out. He I feel like he will it finish it out, man. He gets 41. He's not, like, known for, like, the blocking shots. He's the puck-moving defenseman that's solid, you know. Like, I could see. kind of a prick to play against, but he's – I think it's – I think it's a good deal. It's – I think at the end of the day – the Penguins organization and the fans are happy that at least he's back and the defense is still going to be solid from here on out. And Malkin is still not out of the question. I think a very overrated part of this, or excuse me, underrated part of this is the fact that Chris Letang had his best year of his career last year. Uh, uh, 10, 10 goals, 58 assists for 68 points, which is the most he has had in a season in his career. Also his uh, plus 20 Plus minus is second to only a 21 in 2011-2012. So, um, and that's including 22 power play points, which is right up there with his top seasons as well. Um, Just a very, very good season for him in a contract year. And I think it ended up kind of screwing, biting the Penguins in the ass a little bit because they were, I mean, that added a lot, obviously a little bit on the AAV for him having 68 points this year. And also he carried a lot of the load when Sid and Malkin were out. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think, I think it's, I think it could be a pretty good trade though, or pretty good signing though. We'll see. We will see. Let's move on. Mark Andre Fleury is staying in Minnesota to be, to continue to be the one A and or one B, however you want to see it, with Cam Talbot, um, he signs for two years at three point five mil. I I don't really have much on this other than the fact that Minnesota is keeping their goalie tandem together. Well, for now, I heard, uh, I saw the quote Talbot's uh, 
Talbot's agent and Garen are not getting along right now. Talbot's agent's like, well, it looks like Garen's got, you know, Bill's got some work to do. And he's like, I don't give a shit what that guy says. I don't have to do anything. He's under contract. I got him. We like our goalie tandem. Whatever. I think Talbot wants to kind of go somewhere and uh, he might get traded. He might be a trade piece. You never know. But I'm Minnesota. Yeah. Keep that goalie tandem together, man. It never hurts to have that 1A, 1B. It really does. One gets hot. I don't agree with their situation they did in the first round, but you know it's good. Flurry still uh, can can compete at the elite level. It's this consistency that's a worry in my eyes, but it's Mark Andre Flurry. You never know. I would be good surprised time. if if they uh, trade Talbot because he I think he wants to be a number one guy. And I feel like he believes he can be. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him somewhere like. Arizona to play the Vegemelka and then um, Minnesota Indeed. goes out. And, huh? No, I just really like Vemelka. Oh, uh, yeah. Him. Veggie. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they do that and he goes to Arizona and then, you know, it's it's some will trade and maybe they get like a third round pick or something back for him. I don't think you're going to get much. Um, and then Minnesota goes out and signs a young goalie like Sam Tonoff since Caps are releasing him, by the way. It's all crazy. All right, moving on. Uh, we talked about Huso uh, earlier, three years, 4.75 mil with the Red Wings. We don't really have to go over that. We already kind of talked about the trade to uh, Detroit. Um, we already talked about Tony D'Angelo. He signed two years, five mil. Uh, Adrian Kempe signs with the Kings, four years, five and a half mil. So they are really trying to keep that, that crew together right now so good for them uh that's another one we really don't have to talk about too much we already talked about the kings a good bit this is a big one philip forsberg eight years eight and a half mil with nashville well Uh, worth it how old is he 27 oh wow he was that young he's he's not old Former Caps first round draft pick everybody let's not remind everybody about that but i just did uh he's 27 um, well, that, that's that's a good signing. Yeah, good AAV for him too. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, Preds, Preds doing work as well, trying to upgrade. I mean, dude uh, had 40, 69 games played. Nice, forty-two goals, forty-two assists. That's pretty damn good. There you go, eighty-four points right there. Very, very well worth it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, did we talk about the trade for Colorado? Georgiev? Yeah. Yes, yeah, we, we did. did. I mentioned it in the draft because it was um, it was before the draft, I believe. Uh, well, I must um, have been was... going up to get my, my late-night snack. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was when I was going over the all the trades around the draft. Uh, it was one of them. Um, gotcha. It was the day of the draft, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned that. We already mentioned what he signed for. We, I, I kind of mentioned the 1A1B situation behind my friend. So it was Brandon mentioned um, his opinion as well. So Okay, yeah, cool. Cool, cool. Um, well, he, he ended up signing for three years, 3.4 mil. Um, but the Avs also re-signed the guy that very much helped them win the Cup this year, Valerie Nchuskin. Um <laughs> Eight years, six point one two five. Yeah, that won't bite them. It's in dangerous, very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Um, he's getting paid 
like he is on the line with Nathan McKinnon. Um, but I mean, if this would if this is what it took to keep him around to try to um, go for another Cup run after this year, then uh, then maybe so. I mean, losing if you don't resign Kadri, you have the cap to do this. Um, so I mean, I sort of get it, but eight years again, you're locked into that over six mil could get a little dangerous. I just surprise, surprise. Another guy played unreal going into his contract year. He earned it based off of one season, but he's been like kind of inconsistent with them. And then he found a, you know, his game, I guess this year, but it's going into contract year. What guy doesn't perform in his contract year? Let's be honest. I mean, maybe besides Andre Palat, but like he played unbelievable in the regular season and the playoffs. I guess he's worth it, but eight years commitment to this guy who's only put up 20 plus goals once and it was in his last season. Yep. I mean, come on. I, I don't know. That's wild. Like, I, I obviously you want a guy like that back, but eight years, good for them, I guess, because he'll be with McKinnon. Good for him. Shit. He'll be with McKinnon for eight more years of his career because obviously McKinnon's going nowhere. He's due an upgrade, but um, I mean, I guess it was good enough. One season, 25 goals, 52 points was enough, and his 15 points in 20 games in the playoffs was enough for them to give him eight years. 6.125 million? Uh, I guess. I don't like it at all. Unless, yeah. I mean, unless he gets 30 goals the next two or three years, yeah, he's already worth it, but uh, yeah, this one's know. a little weird. I feel like they should have given him like three years at four. Like I don't know, maybe that just wasn't going to get it done. Uh, I don't mind the the cap hit. The eight year commitment's a lot. I would have given him four With years. That cap hit. I would have given him four years max. Um, at that cap hit, he's still getting paid solid. Maybe I would have gone like six point three. For four years, because um, I think he's going to keep taking off. Um, I think he's going to be in the sixties for points um, next season, maybe even higher. Um, I think he's going to be, especially if Burakovsky leaves, Kadri leaves, he's going to be one of their main guys. Um, I, eight years is just to me is 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 way too much. Um, I'm not a fan of eight year deals, anyways, unless you're coming off entry level. Like the unless the you're deck- top end players, huh? Right, like unless you're like Ov Stamkos, fucking Crosby, McDavid, cool. those guys. Yeah. Even 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 some guys like yeah, if you have like a franchise player, yeah, you're gonna give him eight years when he can. Like, um, I think New Jersey Devils are expecting Jack Hughes to be a franchise player, so they give him eight times eight off his entry level. Um, and he's young, so I think the eight years is fine. I don't, I would not give him eight million, but. Um, he didn't get I, eight million, huh? You say who got eight million? Jack Hughes off his entry level got eight times eight. Oh, I thought we were talking about valid two chains. So long. No, we are. So I'm saying I would give a player eight years if they were young. So like, Shouldn't for I'm saying for example, seven, huh? The Chuskin's twenty seven. Yeah, but by the time you're done with this deal, he's thirty five. Yeah. So I'm saying, for example, Hughes got an eight year deal off his entry level. I would give a young guy that you think is going to be your stud for the franchise, that type of term. But a guy who's 27, who's had one good season after getting drafted, super, super high, 
then leaving the NHL to go play in Russia on and off for the past, like, what, six years? And now he's back. He's had three okay years and then a really good year. I'm not paying him eight years. That's over six million. I'm paying him four years at most. I don't give him six million because he had a great year with us. And yeah, you really like the guy, but I'm not giving him eight years at 27 years old. Four years okay. is fine. Then he's then he's 31. If he proves to be that six million dollar cap hit, four years. Now he's 31. Okay, he's proven it. Give him another three till he's 34 at like six and a half or seven. But don't give him eight. I'm just, he better prove it. Otherwise, he's gonna be gone from the avalanche. All I'm saying is, this is I want to end it with this. You play, you have a career year in your contract year. You're gonna get paid no matter what. That's the bottom line. He had a career year. That's why he got paid and got the term he wanted. That's all. I mean, that's really there all is to it. Yeah, but eight years is ridiculous. I'm just saying that that's how the NHL works. Clearly, because guys play unreal and they're. Contract game, you're gonna get fucking paid. Well, it's all awesome because GMs are scared to lose guys. Yeah, I'd be scared to lose because they're losing Kadri and Burakovsky. You so. got free agents. Go, go. And they lost go. You got free agents to go sign. That's another thing is like free agents have oh, well. guys that are hot, hot, hot commodity. Then they like can ask for whatever they want. Yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up. But it's just like I don't know. I, I don't be scared to tell guys we can't give you that term, but whatever. I mean, they're the GMs for a reason, so hopefully it works out for them. Yeah. I mean, he's got a good Ken with Ken and should be all right. Yeah. Um, last little signing here. Ricard Raquel is staying with the Pittsburgh Penguins, so he will stay with um, with Crystal Tang in terms of free agents who decided to re-sign within Pittsburgh. Um, he got the Pittsburgh bump. When he came over, uh, immediately made an impact, uh, scored 13 points in 19 games, four goals, nine assists. Didn't do anything in the playoffs, however, but I believe he did end up getting hurt after two games. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, obviously you can't really count that in, but uh, Too much he, yeah, he ended up getting six years, five mil. For a guy who is 29 years old, another contract. Oh, shit, he's 29. Yeah. Yeah. That's shit, actually. Four years. I thought it was great. I thought it was great that they kept him under six. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I did not know he was 29. That's ass. Five was great. Five million is great for Raquel. Four years is what you should have given him, though, because he's 29. Oh, well. Fuck him. Yeah. Everybody's scared to like tell guys like no, we can't give you that term. Like just these agents uh, more term, lower AAV. That's how it is. And if guys want to walk, there's a there's a there's dozens of other Ricard Raquel's on the free agent market. This, this Ooh, I don't know about that, but there are some. But I think he's, he's, a, he's a top six left and right winger. You can go find those guys. They're not one in a million. Yeah, they don't grow on trees either, but. They don't grow on trees. Yeah, they don't grow on trees either, but you can go find someone that's going to, like, you know, come and take your turn. I'm sure they could have found someone to play with Sidney Crosby for – Oh, yeah, you can find a bum on the street to do that. They had they got Rodriguez to do that. Look at him. Yeah, freaking – Evan Rodriguez had the – probably the steepest decline of a player that I think I've seen all in one season. <laughs> Production-wise. Like, I was a 1C. A, a <laughs> Uh, or C1, oh, like when at the beginning of the season, when Crosby was out, Crosby came back, he moved to, to second line center. 
he was still producing at a ridiculous rate because he was still on power play one. Malkin comes back, and Rodriguez literally goes non-existent. Like, he moved he moved over to wing and immediately just stopped producing. It's, just, it's crazy. It was probably the steepest decline that I think I've ever seen out of somebody in, a, in the middle of a season. But um, the Penguins will really hope that he can come back because he was really good there for the first half of the season. But um, – they, they keep two of their three big uh, big guns around, and we will see what happens with Evgeny Morgan, who announced that he will hang around in the free agent pool for a little bit. He will test out that market. Um, just two quick things that we will leave you with. Ponder this. We'll talk about it more on the episode because these this kind of stuff will happen when we get back to you next week. Um we already talked about Evgeny Malkin, but Darcy Kemper is linked to a couple different teams, but uh, the favorite right now is the Washington Capitals. Capitals got, got rid of uh, Ilya Samsonov, got rid of Vitek Vanacek. They do not have a goalie right now. Right. <laughs> Brian McClellan better be doing something, because if he's not, he is going to have an entire city that is mad at him. Coming for his fucking head. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, Jack Campbell is linked to Edmonton Oilers, which that would solve a major issue in Edmonton uh, in terms of goaltending that well, somewhat solve Jack Campbell's still a little bit inconsistent, but uh, it might, it's going to probably be better than what they have. So um, we'll keep an eye on those. Keep an eye for Johnny Gaudreau to also sign. Also keep in uh, keeping your sights. Uh, Patrick Kane also maybe some trade rumors out there. So um, my, my big prediction for, for Wednesday is that Johnny Gaudreau goes to New Jersey Devils, and oh. that is where I will leave it. See you all next week.